Welcome back, everybody. Happy afternoon. We are so happy to see you here today on the Tanya Joy Show. And you know that we love all things entertainment, right? You all who have been following me, you know that. You know about my coffee talk with Esther that I do in the morning. Well, guess what? We've had all sorts of people on the show. We've had writers, directors. We're going to have some voiceover actors coming up pretty soon. But today is very special because this is one of my most favorite actors. And like she was really instrumental in when I was younger to feel like, oh, I'm going to be silly. I love her. So if you don't know who I'm talking about yet, we've got the Victoria Jackson in the studio. Today is Tuesday, November 14th. I am Tanya Joy, and this is The Tanya Joy Show. So hang tight, and we will be right back. Okay, well, we weren't shocked. Now, welcome back to the show. You as well. I'm so excited to have you both on the show. And I know we have such good uh, feedback and reception. General Flynn, what an jo- honor. Joshua, Joshua tracked me down in a big tent of about 4,000 people. How are you? I am feeling so great. Hello, everybody. Thank God, I am wonderfully great. Hello. Thank you very much. Because... What is prayer? I'm just doing, you know what I mean? And I'm thrilled to be here with the two of you. (laughs) Me too. And that's who these crazies, these evil ones. It is. You say it right. Good job. They are the Gibson sisters. We are so excited to have them on with us on Resistance Chicks today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's time to rise. These people that get higher up, How? sometimes I've thought, These are glory days and not gloomy days. Like, I love that. Huh? <laughs> you know, you know it, it, it kind of works. It works. awesome about the tour is people like you. Good. I love the applause. That's cool. There we go. Thank Hi, Joy. Everybody, welcome. We are so excited. You ready to get the show on the road? Let's go. As our audience knows, uh, we don't do it. We don't promote anything unless it works. I fell off a ladder, fell down on, the, on my leg, opened it up, and it was great pain in it. So I, uh, I used the patch, and immediately it went away. No pain. Backed by scientific research and rigorous lab testing, even people who have suffered for decades are getting amazing results. We now have hundreds of testimonials for pain relief, allergy relief, anti-anxiety, brain boost, keto boost, and many other solutions, all with zero drugs and no side effects. Quantum is simply about two things. One, intentions, as a man thinketh, so he is. And two, renewing your mind with the word of God. This unique yet potent multi-sensory approach is powerful, and it works. The patch provides the touch, and the included prayer guide uses your sight, speech, and hearing to utilize the senses God gave you. That's the quantum effect. Are you ready to experience the quantum effect? Go to QEstrong.com and use code B4A at checkout. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98 or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. 
Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to MyPillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six-piece towels for only $29.98 or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now. But buyer beware, precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. So we've got the actress, comedian, and the Saturday Night Live legend, Victoria Jackson, on the show today. She's releasing a new music comedy album, which is actually coming up really soon. No, In fact, it'll already be out by the time we do this because, you know, we pre-record. So this show will already be aired. This launches November 10th. So it is out. So as soon as this show's over, you can go and pick it up. She's got her signature ukulele paired with her instantly recognizable high-pitched voice, which I just love. Victoria works her way through When I Get to Nashville with 18 hilarious songs, plus some stand-up, which we all love, about landing in Music City, where she is determined to find her way to the Grand Old Opry stage. In addition to her upcoming album, she can be seen in the upcoming Christmas comedy Jingle Smells opposite Eric Roberts. John Schneider and fellow SNL star Jim Brewer, who many of you know travels often on the Reawaken tour that I'm on. I have not gotten to actually meet him yet, but one of these times I will. So we are thrilled to welcome Victoria into the studio. Hello, how are you? Hello, Tanya Joy. It is so great to have you on here. You are just such a delight and I love your talent and just all sorts of things. So I'm just so thrilled to have you here and get to get to spend some time with you. Thank you so much. I'm sorry my dog is crying in the background because I've been gone all day and she wants me to throw her ball, but she might quiet down in a second. I can't hear her, so it's all good. We don't even hear her. Yeah, she, she's so cute. I was seeing her running around. She's adorable. That's okay. If she wants to jump in and say hello, you know, everybody loves animals on these shows. It's really a pretty cool thing. <laughs> so, okay, before we get into the new song and all this, and I want to play a video at some point so that people just can see it because it's one of my favorite. It's one of your sketches from Saturday Night Live on your website. But give everyone the background of like, how did you get into this? How did you, you know, what was your break like, your training, your background? How did you get into comedy and acting and the whole thing? <coughs> COVID. COVID. <clears throat> 
Sorry about that. Um, this is my residual cough from my last COVID, my third COVID, and it's lasted four months, but it's going away. <clears throat> oh, no. Yeah. Well, that's a big question. I mean, wow. Where do I start? My dad was in vaudeville and he I was. Got, oh, that's yeah. awesome. He was in a trampoline act called the Bounding Bollingers, and he was in a uh, adagio act where they swing a girl and throw her across the stage and another guy in a tuxedo catches her. He was in a juggling. Anyway, that, that one was called Martel's and Mignon. And so in my childhood, he was also a gymnastics coach. And so we competed in gymnastics. So I suppose, you know, I was in front of people trying to straighten my knees and point my toes. <laughs> I was born. And um, then when I was about 16, he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I don't know. And he goes, well, if you could be anything you want, what would you be? And I said, I would like to be Maria in the sound of music and be married to the captain and live in a mansion with seven children and matching outfits. And I play my ukulele on the top of a mountain and we harmonize. And he was like, oh, well, that sounds like an actress. And I never thought of actress as actor as a job or a thing. I thought that it was magical, the movies, and I just wanted to be Maria. And <clears throat> so he goes, well, if that's what you want to be, uh, I don't recommend it because Christianity and show business don't mix very well because he was also a Baptist deacon at my church. Wow. But he said, if that's what you want to do, give it a hundred percent. So I was like, Hmm. <laughs> and then my brother and I found out that <clears throat> the star of Herbie, the love bug, that movie, we found out Dean, Dean, some Jones, we found out he was a Christian and we were like, wow, you could be a Christian and be in movies. So that was like planted a seed in my head. And then <clears throat> I was supposed to marry my high school sweetheart. And his father said we weren't allowed because we were too young. I had the diamond ring and everything. And um, so I thought, well, I could be a secretary in my hometown. Or I could be a secretary in L.A. and chase this whim, which I'll probably never, ever have a ch chance to chase again. So I'll probably get married and have kids. And so I went out to L.A. to chase my whim, and it's worked out pretty good. And I stayed close to the Lord through it all. I, I did, you know, go off a little on a tangent when I met my first husband, the fire eater, who gave me my first marijuana, etc. But <clears throat> I did take him to church and uh, make him quit. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and so wow. So you went right out after high, right after high school. You went right out. No, to first, the first thing I did was go to Florida Bible College because I graduated a year early because I skipped second grade. Oh, mm -hmm. very nice. Okay, I'm a genius. And so then, then my dad said, "You're too young to go away." So I went to Bible college and then I went to Furman and then I did my first play and then I really got the bug. And then I went to Auburn because I couldn't afford Furman 
and they gave me a D in a voice because of my voice. They gave you, wait, wait, like in, in like singing voice or like speaking, like just in speaking in voice because you've got a bright voice. They said you got a D. Right. That's a good way to put it. Speak, no, speaking voice. They That's said you'll terrible. never be an actor with that voice. And, uh, and little did they know that would be the mark of who you are. That's crazy. Yeah. So when did you start being an actress? Oh, gosh. I've, I've always been crazy acting since I was little. Three. You have a funny voice, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I love you so much because it's so fun. We could talk all crazy all the time. Yes, it's fun, though. You know, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm still chasing the dream. I, I had the kids. So I, I wanted to go to LA when I was young and then I got scared. And so I didn't go. And then I got married the first time and then I had three kids and I, and then I became a single mom and then I've been raising the kids. And then I thought I was too old. And then no. about two years ago, I ran into my acting coach who's in Nashville. And then she said, what do you mean you're too old? How do you think they're going to play moms and all the, and I said, oh, I guess that's a good point. And so now I've been chasing it. <laughs> Well, I love that story. And wow, a single mom is a hard job. It is a hard job, but you and know, that's how life is. It's okay. God is good. Yeah. And he's, he brings everything back. He restores everything. So that's, it's a dream. It's like, I can't believe I worked corporate America for this show is not about me, by the way, but mm -hmm. I, I worked corporate America for a very long time to raise the kids. And then I got fired because I have kind of crazy beliefs and mm -hmm. they didn't like that. And then I thought, well, now's the chance. I'm going to keep going at this. And I just got back. I did my first project in LA last week. First time. Oh, that's so great. So, what was the project? It's a voiceover project with, oh. um, you remember Adventures in Odyssey? Yes. Okay. Great. It's with that team. It's with that team and those actors, those voice actors. And this is for oh. Moses. It's called Believe in the Promise. And it'll be out next. It'll be out next year in the summer. Did you meet Will Ryan? He's one of the voice. No, I don't think he. Well, I don't think so. I don't think he's in this one. But okay. um, some others, I, I know some of them I'm not supposed to say yet. So okay. I better be careful. I, I'm so happy for you. First of all, you look 14. So <laughs> not too, it's not too late for you to start. Second of all, we all have so many different careers before we die. Like mm -hmm. I never thought knew that you know but we change and our age everything so yeah we we have many and all things help you learn and mm -hmm. as a christian you're um of course our number one uh career is soul winner yeah and so missionary so whatever we're doing we're that that's right so you landed in LA. And then did you, did it take a long time to kind of get into the business for you? Were you, what did you do while you were waiting and what, and all, how did that all look? Well, it looks like a movie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so exciting. I wish somebody would make a movie of that first couple of years. Um, well, Johnny Crawford was a child actor, and I met him in Birmingham in Summerstock, my first acting job in 1980. And he um, sent me a one-way ticket to Hollywood to be in his nightclub act. Uh, I said, well, I have to get my parents' permission because I'm 19. And they said, yes, of course you can go as long as you start college in the fall. And I was like, 
you can't, they couldn't pay for my college. I couldn't pay for it. I'm like, what are they talking about? Auburn actually took me out of class to the financial department and said, you're, Tuition hasn't been paid. You can't sleep in your dorm tonight. Oh, no. I'm like, isn't that my parents' job? Like, yeah. Yeah. anyway, so, so I went out to Hollywood. Johnny was 33. I was 19. He picked me up in a 1929 Chrysler with a bouquet of roses, which was very romantic, except I was a Baptist virgin, and he was, he did not believe in marriage. Oh. And he uh, went to the Playboy Mansion every weekend. Oh. For dinner and the movies. Well, you got you got Hollywood for all that it was right as soon as you landed. I have I have the best stories, and so I was sleeping on his couch for a couple of days, and he goes, "Um, how am I supposed?" He goes, "Victoria, how am I supposed to date women if there's a 19 year old blonde sleeping on my couch?" And I said, "Oh, uh, okay." Uh, uh, well, the first night I was there, I said, where am I supposed to sleep? And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, I told you I'm a Baptist virgin. And he goes, I thought you were kidding. <laughs> but in his defense, I was doing a handstand on a chair in his hotel room while I was telling him that. Yeah. So he might have <laughs> thought it was a joke. But anyway, so I got an apartment for room and board in a retirement home. And I gave old people food for room and board uh, three times a day. And then I looked for a job where I could get money. And that was the American Cancer Society where I was a typist. It was before computers. Yeah. And then I, uh, <coughs> sorry. And then I got the job at the Variety Arts Center being the cigarette girl. So all after, all day cigarette I was girls, saying, Back when there were cigarette girls. Yeah. Yeah. And in the daytime, I was saying this. Uh, hello, American Cancer Society. Oh, how do you quit smoking? Oh, well, attend our stop smoking meetings, chew on cloves, chew gum, chew sunflower seeds. Uh, you know, and then at night I was going cigarettes, cashews. Very <laughs> ironic. That's very ironic. You probably had some of the people you were selling cigarettes to calling you during the day. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, L.A. is very health conscious, so really yeah. nobody bought any cigarettes. It was just for the atmosphere because it was a 30s club. But that's where I started doing um, a stand-up comedy act because uh, I thought maybe I could get an agent if I could get on a stage somewhere. Or maybe I could be a, uh airhead on a sitcom. An airhead. <laughs> I thought even if my act is terrible, someone in the audience might go, she'd be a good airhead on our sitcom. So I thought I could definitely play an airhead on a sitcom. So so I one of the days after two years of honing my six minutes uh, with the ukulele and my my gimmick, which was a handstand. See, I collect handstands. See, because oh, that cute. That was my gimmick was doing a handstand. And did you know that because of, of your dad being in gymnastics? Yes, because when I would audition for commercials, I was like, how can I stand out in this room of 50 blonde 20-year-olds? And I thought if I do a handstand and hold it while I'm saying the, you know, script. That's how you would audition? Sometimes. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes my agent, Mark Teitelbaum, he goes, I can't sell you as a serious actress if you're doing handstands on desks. You've got to stop doing that. 
So anyway, so I did love it. So I, I, I got an agent finally and I, the tonight show talent scout, uh, saw me, um, at the variety arts center. He put me on the tonight show and then, and then Johnny Carson liked me. So he had me back on like 20 times. And I think Lauren Michael saw me on the tonight show and that's how I got, I got an audition for SNL. That is, a, well, you know, something my my acting coach tells me all the time, activity breeds activity. She's like, never stop. And that is so true. It's like anything. I mean, it's really not just Hollywood. I mean, I was in corporate America for a decade in any good job I ever had was networking, relationships with somebody who knows somebody. But mm-hmm. it's really true. The more you do, the more somebody might see you and then hopefully another job will come. And that is fantastic. And so then you, so now I do have a question. Coming as a Christian into Hollywood. Now, you were in Hollywood, of course, not today. It's way worse, I think, today than it was even back then. But Saturday Night Live, of all places, like, was that hard being a Christian? Was it hard? Did you get taken advantage of? Did you get, uh, you know, yeah, we'll put you on, but, you know, you're going to come in the back room with us first. Like, did you have to deal with all that? Um, No. First of all, I wasn't political. So, and things in the eighties were not like they are now in politics. Um, Second of all, I never saw a casting couch. Uh, Good for you. That's great. And third of all, I think I, cause I didn't put the vibes out. I mean, I did meet some creeps. Like I met one place where they said, if you pay us $600, we'll put you in a movie. I'm like, no, I want you to pay me. I don't want to pay you. Exactly. <laughs> I would, so, and then uh, there was a creep who wanted me to be naked in photographs. And yeah, I was like, no. Exactly. And then there was one creep who tried to give me a quaalude. And I said, no, thank you. So he ate a quaalude and my quaalude that What's I didn't. Wait, What's a quaalude? Well, it's an, a drug from the 80s. I oh. think it's supposed to make you very sexual or something. Oh, okay. And he ate two of them and he ripped his clothes off and, and he started like being an animal, like running after me. So I ran out of his apartment. We're supposed oh, to have dinner. And I, now he was a casting agent. So that might've been my brush with the casting couch, but there was no couch. But at least, yeah, you got out of there. Yeah. I ran out to, um, I didn't have a car yet. So I took the bus mm-hmm. out of a date is a guy who says, meet me in Santa Monica. And I had to take a bus. Yeah. So I have, I almost got held up by a guy. No, I did get held up by a guy with a gun and uh, God protect me from that. I screamed this. My, I remember my dad said, if you, if if you're ever in that situation, scream, fight and run. So I screamed in it. But anyway, yeah, the quaalude guy, I don't know. So then, um, but, those are where that those would be great scenes in a movie. They would be great scenes in a movie. I completely agree. Somebody you need you come on. There's a million writers, I'm sure, who would be like, I would love to write your story. I would write it. I should write it, right? You should write it. Yeah, you should just write it. I just went to film school to get my master's degree and I got it. But and I wrote my first movie this year. So well, my second. So yeah, I should probably do that's that. That's fantastic. So now you're, that's so, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Yeah. You should just write it, write it yourself. You're right. The trouble is the funding. That's oh, the I know. Hard. Always. It's always the trouble. 
Yeah. I mean, that part I know that I've learned is the funding. That, oh my gosh. Well, so then you ended up on Saturday Night Live. I I really want to share. Can I, do you mind if I put play that video that's on your website of you doing the dance on the, on the desk? It's so funny. I just love it so much. Okay. So we're going to share that because I just love it and I think it would be awesome and it shows who you are. So great. All right. Can you see it? I think. Yeah. Yep. Okay, great. All right, everybody. This is SNL Vintage, which is awesome. Victoria Jackson. Lately, a lot of attention has been paid to stress and its effect on baby boomers. And now with an editorial on the pressures of modern life in America, here is update correspondent Victoria Jackson. Hello, Victoria. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Let me begin by saying that a new study shows that the 30-something generation, of which I am a member, is the most anxiety-ridden, emotionally unstable generation in our nation's history. In a recent issue of the Sunday New York Times, I read a very frightening statistic that my fellow baby boomers are so chronically depressed We are more prone to suicide, divorce, drug, and alcohol addiction because of outside pressures and goals we have set up for ourselves. Highly unrealistic. (laughs) Why we're all in therapy or low in therapy or reaching out to anything that's new. But I have found a way to keep anxiety at bay. And I would like to share now with you. You were a real, you're a real tap dancer too. I only have, I only know one routine. That one? Yeah. again oh i just i feel better already already. you're so cute you know bonnie most of the songs i do i write but that one bonnie and terry turner this married couple writing team wrote they wrote that was so much fun and i think lauren must have liked that sketch because he has a picture of it on the hallway at snl and um Good times, good times. Oh, uh, yes. So what was your, I mean, I loved that. I, I it, It's just, you were such, and you know what? Now knowing that you're a believer, like it makes more sense because you were always such a, a bright light. I mean, you really were. Every time you were on the, the, the scene, uh, on a set, or I mean, on a skit, it just, you lit up the place. And a lot of that, I'm sure it's Jesus. 
Mm -hmm. I think it's Jesus. I agree. People, um, I think when they would say I was ditzy, I think what they're really saying is there's an innocence because I'm born again and I, and Jesus died for my sins and I, I don't carry them. So I think maybe that's what they were. And you can be joyful and silly and not shameful, which then allows you to be goofy on stage. What was your favorite sketch you did ever? Do you have one? Well, my favorite personal moment was we were all, we were supposed to write our own material. And I, I didn't really know how I never went to second city or the groundlings. I didn't have improv training. I had did not have a TV when I grew up. So I didn't really watch SNL before I was on it. And so I, was trying so hard to think of how to get more airtime. And um, we just had a boom, a big noise. So my dog just crawled between my feet. I just, well, did you, it was probably my house. My cat just knocked over. I have a little baby gate to keep the animals and it just fell over. So I'm sorry, puppy. No, it wasn't you. It was, I think it's construction nearby. Oh, some big heavy thing. Just, Oh, so, um, so where was so what happened was we were supposed to write our own stuff and they always wanted it to be current events and so one day uh christine zander a writer threw a people magazine on my desk and said you should write this and i thought she's a writer she should write it why aren't the writers writing for me yeah but anyway so i looked at it and it was jessica hahn posing for playboy and on the cover, it said, I am not a bimbo in big letters. And I thought, I could definitely, that is definitely my thing, the, the bimbo part. And so, like, in 10 minutes, I wrote the song, I'm not a bimbo. And then the secretary, Greg, he helped me with some of the words and stuff. And then I submitted it to read through. Um, Lauren did not pick it. And I knew it was good. And then um, I went to his office. I waited an hour. I said, Lauren, why why isn't it in the show? And he said, I don't like the blues. <laughs> and Because when I had written it, it was just because of the way I look, just because of what I wear, just because of how I act and how I fix my hair. You think you can label me, but don't you dare, because I am not a bimbo. And so I thought, that's weird, because he just made the movie The Blues Brothers with Belushi. Yeah. And, so then I said, well, what if it wasn't the blues? And he goes, um, go talk to Cheryl. So I go to Cheryl Hardwick's office and she's practicing Beethoven. She's the piano player with the short blonde hair. She's a genius. And she, she, she writes all the jingles and everything. And so I said, Cheryl, could you make I'm Not a Bimbo, Not the Blues? And she goes, oh, sure. She had a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and the ash was this long and never fell. It never falls. I know. I don't know how that happens. (laughs) And so then uh, she goes, sure. What do you want? Pop. Uh, Yeah, pop. So she turns it into just because of the way I look, just because of what I wear, just because of how I act and how I fix my hair. You think you can label me, but don't you dare because I am not a bimbo. So then I, I sang it on the dress rehearsal. I could tell it was good. I sang it on the show it was a big hit it was the show where steve and sting steve martin steve martin and sting were the host in the music 
1987 or 88. And, and then I did it and the audience was so, it was so great. And then um, at the after party, which was usually boring and we were super tired two in the morning or whatever, I, um, I walked in there and, and I felt like I was walking uh, a few feet up in the air. Like I felt like I was walking on air because I could feel the respect of my peers. Wow. And I thought, oh, I could feel it. And it was the best moment. And the cool thing is when I got this new house um, recently, not this one, this other one, it's a long story. But um, (laughs) it's a real long story involving. I want to like just come have coffee with you. (laughs) It's kind of like the hole in my ukulele. Oh, no. No, that I stepped on it. But anyway, so with high heels. So (laughs) my wall was real empty. And I was like, I should put a, a picture up there. And I thought, I thought of Jesus and I thought, well, we don't know what Jesus looks like exactly. And I thought that would be kind of weird. And so I thought, how about show business? And and then I I went to Getty Pictures online and Getty had this, the good nights of my fit, best show. I'm not a bimbo show. And it was all of us in black and white in the good nights. And Sting and Steve were in the middle. Oh, I was on wow. the end. And so I bought it and I blew it up real big. And um, I just trying to tell my daughter, uh, I said, when I die, I want you to know the significance of this huge picture and why it means a lot to me because I'm old now. And she looks at it and she goes, hmm, what's the highlight of my career? Hmm. Because she sells, her job is... um, finding uh doctors and nurses uh like temps you know oh, yeah like, like if a nurse or a doctor gets sick and you need a temp to doctor yeah. so she finds them and she makes really good money but it was so funny she's like hmm what was the highlight of my <laughs> but she's like a great dancer and a piano player but she's in the real normal world you know <laughs> the nor- i don't know if anything's normal anymore but yeah Wow. So you've you've always sang and danced. Oh, yeah. This is my new album. Yeah. So that. Oh, and look at your puppies on it. Yeah. See, the significance is when we were moving to Nashville 11 years ago, I had my white pickup truck and I had three dogs in there. They were fighting over food and my hand got in between a fight and was bleeding And my husband was driving his car from Miami. I was driving my truck from Miami, all loaded down. And we were moving to where our children and our grandchildren were living here in Nashville. And when I was coming, I was like, you know, Nashville is my kind of town. They have my two favorite things, Jesus and show business, music. And I was like, those are my two favorite things. Well, I have to, I have to fit in there somehow. So then I, um, I thought, well, if I, I think I would like to sing at the Grand Old Opry. That's my new goal. And in my golden years, like Minnie Pearl, she wasn't young when she was right. in the Opry. And so I thought, well, if it happens, it'll happen organically because I really don't know who to call or anything. And I do have some obstacles. My voice is one. And so um, 
while I'm driving, I was going, when I get to Nashville, I'm going to look up Earl Bud Lee. I'm going to sit right down and ask him to write a song with me. So then I get to Nashville. And then I was doing a Ray Stevens movie, Camping Buddies. And his best friend, Buddy Kolb, was on the set. And we were spending hours and hours waiting around. And yep. I said, Ray Stevens, I I'm a songwriter. And, and then I said, you want to hear one of my songs that I'm working on? And then Buddy, his friend, goes, hey, let me, let me, can I get, take that song and fiddle with it tonight? And he took my little scrap of paper. The next day he comes on the set and he goes, I fiddled with your song a little bit. And it was so much better. It was better. Oh, my gosh. It was called When I Get to Nashville. So, so that was my first song that's on here in the name of this. And then this is Music Row. I'm doing a handstand right there in front of the naked. Oh, yeah, I know that statue. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I was. Um, Can you still do handstands? My last handstand that I stuck was age 60. And now I'm 64. I can't hold them anymore. That's on you did a handstand. It's I, that's okay. I never could do a handstand. So yeah. you know that's well, fantastic. I it until I was sixty, and I got to show you my picture from Paris. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So when I went to Paris, I, uh, well, I actually did this was my second time, but my first time I went to Paris was when oh, I was young. This is when I first went to Paris, which is my dream in my life. And Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous sent me, so it was free because I was young. You get a lot of free wow. stuff. Yeah. Okay, so then I said to my now husband of 30 years, my second husband, I'm like, Paul, I never really got to enjoy Paris because I was there one day and the Gulf War started and oh. F3 jets were flying. I thought the war was starting. So I rushed home and I didn't get to <coughs> see the Eiffel Tower or anything. So I went back when I was <clears throat> 62 and I got a hotel right in front of the Eiffel Tower. Isn't that the greatest photo? That is unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, and you so you were 62 doing that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has not been photoshopped, but when you stretch out, your stomach goes in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm cheating because I'm leaning on. Oh, I see. But it's kind of cool how it's like that because it looks like you're doing that so you can really see the Eiffel Tower. Good. That's amazing. That so, is amazing. And, and so now you've got an album and now are you, you're going to be singing at the Grand Old Opry? Have you sung there yet? You will. I'm going to come sing there with you. That's my dream, too. Really? <laughs> yes. Are you a singer? I am a singer, yeah. Well, but I'm not a songwriter. Sing. Oh, my I gosh. Think... You need to sing for us. Can you sing something? Well, yeah. I just uh, – uh, I don't know if it will come out good. But, see, on my album, there's real musicians and stuff. It's not just me and you on this one. Yeah, but that's great. So this one I wrote when I had cancer seven years ago. And um, I always say uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that I've lived seven years past breast cancer, chemo, double mastectomy, radiation. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. But, <coughs> but I always say absent from the body, present with the Lord for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. So it's a win-win either way. Yeah, it is, when, right? Yeah. So um, when I had cancer, 
I was bald from the chemo and my husband was washing the dishes over there. And uh, I said, Hey, I I found this song. I think it might be good. It's a broken world, baby. Um, and the reason I thought of it was my small group uh, at Lanny's house, we were praying for each other and they prayed me through cancer treatment. And I noticed they all had prayer requests too. I wasn't the only person who was struggling through this life this in this broken world. And so that inspired this. Tattoo of a broken ukulele, light blue turquoise flies. He might leave me in the middle of my chemo. I would not be so surprised. Yeah, I got cancer and so did my dog. My car won't start and my sink has a clog. My checks are bouncing but my trampoline's torn. I am not surprised because I've been warned. It's a broken world, baby. I know you agree. The second law of thermodynamics says the world is in a state of entropy. That's a fancy word for broken, you see. You know what? Right now I'm staring at the biggest bug I have ever seen. Oh my goodness. I'll show you in a minute. <clears throat> Lanny's back is causing him pain. Bob's OCD is driving Donna insane. Dilbert's dad, he needs a diagnosis. I quit kissing Daisy because she has some halitosis. Daisy was my dog who died. My heart is broken and I stubbed my big toe. I just got fired and my food is GMO. I accidentally stepped onto my ukulele, rushing to say hi to my new neighbor, the Israeli. Well, you try to rhyme with ukulele. It's a broken world, baby. Since even Adam gave in. But there's a new world coming. That's why my song has a grin. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. I'm going to meet him in the sky, in the twinkling of an eye. Oh, yeah. Woo! Oh, man, that was so great. I, lo I love that you play. I have, I have a little pink ukulele. It's on the other side, but I don't know how to play it. It, I got it because I wanted to play it, but I, I, I tried and I don't know it's how. It's really easy. It's really easy. Here's how. You can play any song with three chords. Okay. A lot of Bob Dylan songs are two chords, actually, C and G. But what you do is you get uh, in the music store the um, either the uh, <clears throat> get sheet music that has guitar on it. Uh, A little picture. The little pictures of strings mm -hmm. and dots. Yeah. And it shows you where to put your fingers. Ukulele, there's only four strings. So you just look at four dots, put your fingers there. Oh. And then you just have to figure out the string in the right oh, the tempo. is easy, you know. The strumming's easy. You're good at it. Oh, my gosh. So now you're good. Okay, you got this new album. And, and, you, and I just, do you know who I just had on my show an hour ago, right before you? Who? Mason Douglas. Oh. <gasps> I worked with him. I know. We played the video. We played the song. That was oh, so cute. I stole his PR agent from him because I was on the set and I said, how did I get this job? And then Brian, the PR guy goes, well, I, I mentioned you. 
I go, you got me this job? Well, can you get me some more? I'm hiring you. Yeah, he's awesome. He put he booked a bunch of people on my show. He's wonderful. He's a great guy. He's so much fun. And um, he got me on this this movie with um, Logan Seculo. Yes. And, okay, were you also, which other, were you in Into the Spotlight? Yeah. Okay, so I'm also connected with, um, well, a bunch of people from that movie. A couple of them have been on the show because the writer, you know, because it's a small world, right? You know, Hollywood, all these people are kind of a small world once you start getting to know them. And so um, um, is it Suzanne Niles? She worked on that. Mm. She's in my acting class with me, actually, right really? now. Yep. And so really? she's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. She got me my book deal with uh, Broad Street. Yeah. Yes, I know. She's awesome. I just got to meet her and and she's very good friends with my acting coach, you know, Tina, who's there. And Mm -hmm. it's a small world once you start to, you know, but um, and I actually auditioned for Into the Spotlight for the role of the uh, TV broadcaster host or whoever. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if they kept her in the movie or not. I didn't get it, obviously. I don't think it was in the movie. I don't know if she, yeah, I don't remember if she was or not, but I thought that you were also in that movie. So that's so exciting. So now you've got your album. Are you going to go on tour? What are you going to do? What What's like the next thing you're going to do? Well, I do still do stand up now and then. Um, my, what I'm good, I'm trying to get to sing at the Opry, but my main goal is to hear my song on the radio. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I have 18. They can choose from 18 songs. Yes. So one of them's very serious. Okay. But, um, it's called Broken Glass. It's about marriage problems. But um, then there's happy ones. You know, there's happy and sad. That is so exciting. And you're in Nashville now. Like, that's where you're stationed right which is exciting because um then maybe i'll get to meet you someday because i'm potentially moving there in the spring in the spring or summer so you just never know there's a lot of people moving to nashville right now a lot of california people um it'll probably be the next you know show business capital that's what it seems like it's like there's a lot of work there and i don't want to go to la so i'm thinking nashville's a little bit safer i think (laughs) yeah it's true very safe so far. And love in the air. Yes. Well, that's good too, because I'm single. So I, I would like to find some love. <laughs> that is so exciting. Oh, you're just a delight. You're just, you're exactly what you show. I mean, like the, the way you we see you on TV and in movies, like that's who you are, which is so fun because a lot of times you don't see that, you know? Well, I do. I do have a range, I must tell you. I could always do this character, Harriet. I'm a How? That's I'm crazy. Boy. Yeah, I um, I learned, I figured out that voice, and and I I have done other characters besides me, but not too much. Usually, people want me to just do this. Well, because yeah, because it's so iconic. I mean, you 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 yeah, know. I guess it is. My kids go, why why is she getting paid? She's just like that. All the time. My husband's like, what? I don't understand. How is she She's just being herself. Oh, that is so funny. Where's the best place you would like people to follow you? Like, I know we've got your Instagram. Is that where, do you post there a lot? I do. I've started posting on Instagram a lot. Um, 
And also, uh, mostly there, I have victoriajackson.com is my website. And I just started doing TikToks. My husband said, don't do TikTok. China will collect your information. I said, everyone already has my information. Exactly. They have our addresses. They have everything. Yeah. They, they know where we are, what we think. They got how much all. money we made, how much we yeah. lost, yeah. how much we weigh, everything. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's crazy. So oh yeah, yeah, Instagram. And and I've started finding little snippets of old work that I've done because of the internet. And I post that sometimes just uh just for fun. <clears throat> I, I think of it kind of as a resume, you know? Yep. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. That's where I I've been posting my little I've I've a voice of of coffee talk with Esther and I talk like that and I do it only on TikTok every morning, but it's a Bible verse. And I'm um, encouraging everybody to get in the Bible, but we do it like this. So it's a little extreme, but we're going to still talk about. Okay, so. but you have to you have to thank Mike Myers for writing Coffee Talk because he invented it. That's exactly what literally God said to me one morning because that was one of my favorite sketches of all. It was really one of my favorites. And he was like, why don't you do that? But talk about the Bible. And I was like, oh, people are going to think I'm like a her heretic. I'm an, That will not go over well. And I felt like God said, just do it in your robe. So I normally do it in my robe and I have these big glasses and they're real glasses. And I wear the glasses when I do it. And it's totally in honor of Mike Myers. Coffee talk. Yes. yes you got to tell him to give him the credit because you might get sued. Oh, that's a good idea. I should start tagging him. Yeah, yeah. Because Maybe he'll like, like it. Yeah. But uh, one time I used a photograph from um, Google Images and I actually got sued. I'm like, oh, I thought if it was on Google Images, I'm allowed. You know? Yeah. But you should, yeah, that's give him a good idea. Down. But I should just, yeah, that's a good idea. I will def, I'm going to tag him to him. I'll tag him on the one I did this morning. That's a good idea. I still don't know how to tag. Is it like you put the at sign? And then you put the name and then where do you put that in the comments? It. You just put it in the font somewhere, just in wherever you're writing your description, just put oh. the at sign. You just have to know what they, you know, like if Mike Myers, let's say, if I wanted to tag him, he may not go by just Mike Myers. It might be right, right. Mike Myers official. So you just have to know the official name of the person. Right. And then you, once you type it, you just hit enter and it automatically does it. And you put that. In the description of what you're describing? Yeah, like in, where you write, where you write the information. Somebody told me you put it in the comments. Well, you could do it that way too. Okay. You could do it that way or you can put, it depends if you're doing a reel or a story. Like if you're doing a reel, it's a little bit harder, but sometimes you can do it actually in the reel and you can tag them. You can tag them like that too. Cool. There's all sorts of ways you could tag them. Oh, this has been, I don't want to end. I have another show that I have to film in a little okay. bit. So. I got to go to the gym to get oh. rid of my double chin. That's where I'm going right now. But do you know, there's no machine for a double chin. What do you do? I think you're like supposed this. to not eat sugar, but I love sugar. <laughs> yes, love it's sugar. all good, isn't it? Yeah, I love sugar so much. Where's my bubble gum? Oh, I, I can't find it. Anyway, it was really fun talking to you too.
It was so fun. You are just a delight and I'm so excited and we'll make sure that we get the link. So everybody watching, or if you're listening, go to the show description and you're going to find Victoria's website link and where you can get her album. And if you know somebody that can get her music on the radio, I'm going to tell you it's time to step up and help and get this music on the radio and let's get her at the Grand Old Opry. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Victoria. Thank it's you, so fun to have you. You thank are full of joy and you just sprinkled it on me. Thank you. Well, thank you. You're precious. Y'all, thanks so much for joining us. Stay tuned. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Here at the Tanya Joy Show, we are growing in many ways. From new marketing strategies, the continual new lineup of guests, and even new show structures. We are constantly working hard on stretching out to reach more people with the truth of God's word and the truth about the days we are in. But we need your help for the next steps. If you would consider partnering with us for just $10 a month, basically the price of going to a coffee shop, it would assure that we can keep on growing. Go to tanyajoy.tv right now and set up auto donate. It will automatically come out every month. And every donation you make is now tax deductible through our nonprofit. We want to keep giving back and we need your help. So thank you from the bottom of our heart for partnering with us in this way. Again, go to tanyajoy.tv right now. And for just $10 a month, you can make a huge difference in how we continue in this fight. Again, that's tanyajoy.tv, $10 a month, set it up, auto pay, and we will be so grateful. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart. God bless you. And remember, truth always wins. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Beauty for Ashes with Tanya Joy. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and remember you were created for such a time as this.